While Brian is setting up his gear, I want to tell you a story. Is that okay? I want to tell you another story about another very intelligent man like Brian. Now, we're going to scoot the chair up. No, we're going to get you a chair. We'll move the table forward. Okay. It'll be a little too low. You got your uh, materials? You can set them all up there. Brian's going to be busy doing something while I'm preaching, okay? So, uh, Albert Einstein, very intelligent man, right? Everybody knows who Albert Einstein was. Well, when Einstein fled Nazi Germany, he came to America and bought... He, he, he came just to stay temporarily, uh, I learned from, uh, from studying. He only meant to stay, but he wound up staying permanently because of all the things that happened. Uh, and so Einstein bought an old two-story house uh, within walking distance of Princeton University. There he entertained some of the most distinguished people of his day and discussed with them issues as far-ranging as physics to human rights. But Einstein had another frequent visitor... She was not, in the world's eyes, an important person like his other guests. She was a 10-year-old girl whose name was Emmy. Emmy heard that a very kind man who knew a lot about mathematics had moved into her neighborhood. And since she was having trouble with her fifth grade arithmetic, she decided to visit the man down the block and see if he would help her with her problems. Einstein was very willing and explained everything to her so that she could understand it. He also told her that she was welcome to come anytime she needed help. A few weeks later, one of the neighbors told Emmy's mother that Emmy was often seen entering the house of a world-famous physicist. Horrified, she told her daughter that Einstein was a very important man whose time was very valuable and he couldn't be bothered with the problems of a little schoolgirl. And then she rushed over to Einstein's house, and when he answered the door, she started trying to blurt out an apology for her daughter's behavior, her intrusion, for being such a bother. But Einstein cut her off and said, she has not been bothering me. When a child finds such joy in learning, then it is my joy to help her learn. Please don't stop Emmy from coming to me with her school problems. She is welcome in my house anytime. Einstein, very intelligent man, very big man of the world, wasn't afraid to take time for the simple things in life, like fifth grade arithmetic, like you help your kids with around the kitchen table. Do me a favor. I think we got it for up on the screen. If you want to turn with me, you can check it out to make sure I'm not making it up. If you want to, turn to John chapter 1. But if you don't, that's fine too. Trust me, it's in here. It'll be on the screen too. Book of John, chapter 1, starting with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And I'm going to add one more verse that I don't have up there. And it's the fifth verse. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness didn't comprehend it. So, in the Bible, there are many names that refer to our Lord that are nothing less than very regal names, very august names, 
that we have given to God's Son. I have a few here this morning. You ever heard him referred to as the Son of God? Lamb of God? The light of the world? The resurrection and the life? He that should come? The Alpha and Omega? The Word, according to John chapter 1? They're phrases that I think stretch the boundaries when authors tried to come up with these names to capture something that's really uncapturable. How can you capture the glory of God? The glory of God that uh, he was so afraid would, would, would blind Moses that he had to cover his face when he walked by. How do you capture something like that? But as hard as the authors tried to draw close to doing that, they always fell short. To hear people trying to give the right name to the Son of God is kind of like hearing... Do you ever hear a Salvation Army band? Anybody ever hear a Salvation Army band playing at Christmas time on a street corner? Anybody ever hear one? It's kind of neat to hear. It's just, usually it's a small brass type band. Um, it's an army of volunteers, so it's... It'd be like an, it would be like a, the Salvation Army trying to play Handel's Messiah, right? On the street corner in cold temperatures during Christmas time. It's good, but it doesn't quite capture it, does it? No. Okay. Nice try. Doesn't work. But the message is way too majestic for the medium. It's like that with our language. We've used the phrase, there's no words to express, right? It's really the only one that can honestly be applied to God. All right? No names do God justice. And we know that God's names in the Bible, reveal things about his qualities, right? Yahweh, meaning I am, or I am the one who brings into existence. Uh, Have you heard the phrase in Hebrew, Elohim? Name of God implying God's authority. Or you've heard the phrase, it was a song made popular a long time ago by Amy Grant called El Shaddai, meaning Almighty. Or Adonai, Adonai meaning Master or Lord. How about Avinu? Have you ever heard the term Avinu? Another Hebrew name referring to our Father. How about Jehovah Nisi? The Lord is my banner. Okay, All these names that God has that capture His character. But there is one name that recalls a quality of our Lord that confused people around Him. And there's a name that describes a quality of our Lord that compelled those around him. It reveals a side of him that when we see it and recognize it, it's enough to make us fall on our face or even make us trip. It's kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Not too small, it's not too big. Okay? It's a name that fits just like Cinderella's glass slipper fit. And it's the name of Jesus. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's his most common name. It's used almost 600 times. How are you making out? Okay. In the Gospel, the name of Jesus is used almost 600 times. And it was a common name. Jesus is the Greek form of the name Joshua, 
the Greek form of the name Yeshua, which is a derivative. Joshua is a shortened version of Jehoshua or Yehoshua. All familiar Old Testament names meaning God saves, Yahweh saves, the I Am saves. There were at least five high priests in Israel that were known with the name Jesus. Uh, the historian Josephus in his writings refers to about 20 people who were named Jesus. The New Testament refers to a person by the name of Jesus Justice, who was a friend of Paul. And if you remember, the sorcerer on the island of Paphos, his name was Bar-Jesus, son of Jesus. Some manuscripts even give Jesus as the first name of the criminal Barabbas. If you remember, when Pilate, when they came to Pilate and they wanted Jesus and Pilate gave them the tradition that they had at the Passover where he would turn loose a prisoner, Pilate said, you know, do you want me to give you Barabbas? They said no. Or give you... Anyhow, what I'm saying is this. I'm getting a little tongue-tied. Some translations, some manuscripts say that Pilate said, which would you like me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus known as the Messiah? All right? He wasn't the only Jesus. He wasn't the only guy named Jesus. So, Brad, what's your point? You drove all that time to say all those things. What's the point? Jesus could have been, if you give me the picture, Cass, Jesus could have been, give me the next picture, Cass. Jesus could have been Joe. I'm not trying to make light of the name of the Son of God. That's not what I'm driving at. And you'll find I do have a point, truthfully. All right. If Jesus were to step into history today instead of 2,000 years ago, if God had waited to send His Son as the perfect sacrifice and He wound up sitting in this church, what would Jesus' name probably be? Bob? Joe? Bob? <laughs> like all the other Bobs? In other words, this. If Jesus were here today, I don't think that He would distance Himself from us. I don't think that He would distance Himself from us. People build distance, right? How do you build distance? Let's take a relationship, all right? Pick your... Let's take the marriage relationship. How do you build distance in a marriage? What are things that build distance in marriages? Being critical? Expecting our spouse to change into the person that we want them to be? Does that build distance in a marriage? Sure it does, okay? People build distances. People that you work with, let's get away from the marriage relationship. How about coworkers? All right? Coworkers, how about let's go to high school? People we're in school with, either one, work or school, 
People build distance in relationships, don't they? You know anybody that puts on airs and act like they're better than they, what they are? They're better than you? Do you know people that establish things, the first thing they do is they try to start marking territory that they're a better person than you are? That creates distance. People have different ways of doing it. People build distance. Jesus builds bridges. Okay? So, Jesus would not distance himself from us if he walked among us today. He didn't distance himself from people when he walked on earth 2,000 years ago. You making out all right? Okay. We've got about, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. So, I'm putting the pressure on Brian. People build distance, Jesus builds bridges. I don't believe for a minute that Jesus would distance himself from us in any way. Maybe by grace and being a person operating in grace. But he wouldn't do anything to establish that he's better than us, better than us, even though he is. Jesus would not give himself some fancy title like the most reverend holiness angelic divinity, the third. Might want to put it together lower. I don't know. He'll have a tough time here. Brian's on a mission. I've given Brian a job. Okay? Jesus wouldn't give himself some big fancy title. You ever seen churches where they give their pastors uh, big fancy titles, most reverend or all these different things? I have seen places where people get these big, huge titles. I don't think Jesus would do that. I don't think he would. When God chose the name of the, that His Son would carry, God chose a human name. And He chose a name that's so typical that it would probably show up in your class role two or three times. When I was in school, unfortunately, there were four Brads in my class. Okay, but you know, uh, names change. I'm sure there's popular names right now. You know, names vary. But God chose a name that was a common name for His Son. Now, I'm... Slightly disappointed because my wife is teaching children's church this morning because I wanted her to say something. Um, Stephanie bought a Bible. Uh, anybody ever read the, the message translation? Pastor preaches from it a lot. Um, does anybody have a message Bible here? Cass, will you call up John chapter, the same verses we had earlier? Can you call them up in the message translation? You know how to do that? She got it. Okay. If you got it, just go ahead and put it up. This is good. I like this. I like the way it yields it. I'm putting her on the spot. These millers are very helpful, I want you to know. The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God. Give me the next one. In readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without Him. And give me four. You got four? Or is that the... 
What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. Stephanie, I, I, thought, it was the, I thought it was the message translation she had. I, I could be incorrect, but what's that? Where was the one she had in the beginning was the word, and the word moved into the neighborhood. It must be a different translation. Or it was a note that she had. But that was her, that was what she, she posted. In the beginning was the word, and the word moved into the neighborhood. Okay? Jesus was ordinary. I know it's hot. We got a point here. Trust me. Hang in there, all right? Get a piece of paper. Anybody need a piece of paper to make a fan? I got it up here. Okay? Jesus was ordinary. If Jesus was here today, in 2011 we probably wouldn't notice him walking through the mall. Jesus wouldn't turn heads because of the clothes that he wore or because of the jewelry and bling that he flashed on his hands, arms, or neck. Okay? Jesus wouldn't get attention for the car that he drove. Jesus was touchable, he was approachable, and he was reachable. Now, Jesus was the kind of guy that you would invite over to your house to watch the Steelers game, if there is a football season. So, um, if you watch the Steelers game, Jesus would be the kind of guy you'd invite over to watch the Steelers. If you watch NASCAR, Jesus would be the kind of guy you would invite over to watch the race with you. He'd probably eat your barbecue, you know, the stuff that you made. He'd probably cook some steaks for you if you wanted him to. He'd probably wrestle around on the floor with your kids. Jesus was a regular person. He would probably laugh at your jokes and probably tell a few jokes of his own. And when you spoke, Jesus would listen like he had all the time in the world. Those are the things that set him apart. He would listen to you like he had all the time in the world. And one thing's for certain, you would invite Jesus back to your house. You'd have him back. One second. What about this? What if you went ahead and... Let's see if that'll work. I've given Brian a big project this morning, and it's kind of a tough one. The glue really doesn't set up well enough, uh, quickly enough, but he's working on it, okay? It's worth noting that those who knew him best remembered him as Jesus, okay? The titles Jesus the Christ, Lord Jesus, are seen six times. Those that walked with Jesus remembered him not with a title, not with a designation, but they remembered him as Jesus. So, think about the implications of this. When God chose to reveal himself to humanity, what medium did he use? Did he turn loose a book? No, the, the book was secondary, right? Okay. Did God use a church to reveal himself? To humanity? No, the church is a consequence of what God chose. Did God 
cut loose a single, a DVD, you know, make a video, let us know. Did he have a blog? You know, did he send everybody a bunch of texts? No. Did God use some kind of moral code? Did God use a moral code to reveal himself to people? No, because to boil down God's revelation to us, to a cold list of do's and don'ts, would be as tragic as if you went to the... Anybody here a AAA member? We belong to AAA. Stephanie loves to get maps. Whenever she gets a chance to get a map, free, you know, free map from AAA that you get free when you pay this huge membership, um, Stephanie likes to get the, the free maps from AAA, right? She already has one for Arizona, I think. Um, but to try to boil down God's revelation to, to us in a list of do's and don'ts is kind of like going to AAA, getting a map of Colorado, spreading it open, and saying, guess what? I have just seen the Rockies. Doesn't cut it, does it? No. When God chose to reveal Himself, God did so through a human body. It was a human tongue that spoke to Lazarus and said, come forth. The hand. The hand that touched the lepers. Dare I say it? Jesus probably had dirt under His fingernails. When the woman wept on Jesus' feet and wiped His feet with her hair from her tears, i got news for you. His feet were calloused. His feet were dirty. Alright? And His tears, yes, Jesus cried, came from a heart as broken as your heart or my heart has ever been in any given situation. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. I didn't give it to Cass, I'm sorry. But I'll read it to you. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet was without sin. That's Hebrews 4.15. So, people came to Jesus. And man, did they ever come, right? When did people come to Jesus? They came to Him at night, right? When He was trying to rest. They touched Him while He walked down the street, didn't they? They followed Him around the sea. The guy tried to get into a boat to get a little bit of peace, a little space, a little rest, a chance to refresh with His Heavenly Father. They invited Jesus into their homes. They put their kids at His feet, didn't they? Why? Because Jesus refused to be some statue placed in a cathedral, and He refused to be some New England priest in one of them old-fashioned churches where the pulpit was 15 feet above the congregation. Okay? Jesus refused to be those people. He chose instead to be Jesus. A regular Joe. Okay? There isn't a hint that I find anywhere in Scripture of one person who was afraid to get close to Jesus except for the demon-possessed man was the only one that was afraid. There were people who mocked Jesus. There were people who were envious of Jesus. There were people who revered Jesus. You ever been misunderstood? 
You ever say something and it was totally taken out of context? Or just misinterpreted? You know what I say to Stephanie? Don't take it how I said it, take it how I meant it. Yeah. yeah try that sometime. It doesn't work. Um, anyhow. Jesus was misunderstood. But there wasn't one person who thought that he was too holy, too divine, or too good, too celestial for them to touch him. Nobody was afraid to approach Jesus because they were afraid of being rejected. So, based on all these qualities of Jesus this morning, and we're winding down here, okay? We're winding down. Based on all these qualities of Jesus, Let's ask a few questions this morning. Cass, give me the first one. Am I touchable? Am I touchable? Am I real to the people around me? Or do I put on the show? Do I give my parents? Do I give my kids, my spouse? my coworkers, people I go to church with, or do I give them who they think, who I think they want me to be? Am I real with those around me? Am I solid? This, we're still on the first question. Let's go back to the first question, okay? This is all untouchable. Am I solid? Am I grounded? These are all touchable. All having to do with being a touchable person. Am I a grounded person? Am I grounded in God's word? Am I grounded in his love? Am I palpable? Can people get a feel for what I'm saying? In other words, are my actions lining up with what I'm saying? Am I touchable? The next, Cass. Am I approachable? Still Joe here. Still Joe. Average Joe. Approachable. Am I friendly? Am I welcoming to people around me? Do I go out of my way to include others? Am I available to people? Do I give, in other words, do I give people a path in? Remember, there's no lone rangers in God's kingdom, okay? Even the lone ranger wasn't lone. It was a misnomer. Lone ranger had who? Tonto, that's right. So there was no Lone Ranger, not even, not even in Hollywood. Okay, Cass, last one. Am I reachable? Am I close to people in their time of need? These are all qualities of Jesus, by the way. Okay. Am I close to people in their time of need? Am I easy to get to within reach? Not like, you know... Do you have my celly call me or text me or something like that? What I'm saying is, am I available? Do I make myself available to people when they bear a need? Within reach, am I easy to get to? Do I thrust my hand out to grab a hold of somebody in their time of need? Am I doing that? Am I reaching out? Nobody was reluctant to approach Jesus for fear of rejection. Remember that. Nobody was afraid to get close to Jesus for fear of rejection. The next time you're amazed at your own failures, 
your own mistakes, your own flaws. Remember that nobody was afraid to get close to Jesus for fear of rejection. The next time you're wrongly accused of something, the next time hurtful words come out and can't be put back into a tube of toothpaste, right? Who was here TSY Sunday night? Okay, and there was a few others that were. Um, Sunday night, we did a lesson. I bought two tubes of Aquafresh toothpaste. I don't know if it still smells minty in the basement of the church or not. Ashley was there. She was in on it. And Erica was too. And I think who else was there? Huh? Yeah, Gwen was there. And we had two tubes of toothpaste. We divided into two teams. And we had a contest. It was squeeze all the, t- all the toothpaste out of your tube of toothpaste. I got the small ones, you know. Not the travel size, but the medium size. And squeeze all the toothpaste out of your tube of toothpaste. And then I told them that they had to have a race to see who could get all their toothpaste back into the tube with their hands. What do you think that looked like? What do you think that smelled like? It really did smell minty fresh. I'll be honest with you. But the students found out soon that what? You're not getting the toothpaste back into the tube with your hands. You're just not, okay? You maybe get a little bit in, you know, they were trying to dab a little bit on at a time, but there was no haste. You know, it just wasn't happening. And they had it all over their hands, and then one of them decided to wipe it on my arms. And they. But our lesson was this when hurtful words come out, the damage, you can't get them back in. You know what I'm saying? You can't get them back in lickety split clean, and all the damage is taken care of. So, when hurtful words come out that are tough to repair, remember. Nobody was afraid to approach Jesus because they feared that they were going to be rejected. Now, I fear that I have not given my young brother time enough or the right materials to do his job. Now, he's tried, and he's done a very serious job about it. He's been very mature about the whole thing. I appreciate that. Um, People build distance, right? People have ways putting distance in relationships. Co-workers, school. People can make trouble in school, can't they? People can create drama where there is no drama, right? People put distance in between themselves and others or place themselves, whatever the case. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus, God revealing himself to us as an average Joe, average name, Probably looked like everybody else, wore the same clothes as everybody else. You know, it's funny, paintings always yield Jesus. Is, I just don't know that any painting could ever capture, well, no, it can't, obviously, but you know what I mean? Even films, they always try to capture Jesus as this, you know, Jesus walked the earth like us. He got dirty, he got calluses, got dirty feet wearing sandals, got splinters in his hands as a carpenter, Okay. He was around people, and he didn't distance himself. And what my young brother was attempting to build here this morning, and we'll have him finish it for next week, Jesus builds bridges, okay? And that's what Brian was trying to do. Will they even stick together enough to... No. The glue would not dry. What Brian was working on was building a bridge this morning, okay? 
He got started. That's the deck of his bridge. Okay, so we'll expect the rest completed by next Sunday. I'm teasing. Um, anyhow, we build distance. Brian, in godly character, is building a bridge this morning. Okay, so am I? Am I? Am I touchable? Am I approachable? Am I reachable? 